Hey everyone, welcome to the Love and Truth Church Savannah podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our hope is for these teachings to be encouraging and uplifting and that they would help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, let's get ready to receive a powerful message from Pastor A.J. Fowler. got your Bibles, you can open them to the book of Mark chapter 5. I'm going to go into this second part of deliverance tonight, and uh, (laughs) I, uh, Crystal told me, she's actually, she helps with the kids one one Wednesday night a month with Sarah, and and so that's why she's not in here, but she told me, she said, I said, how did it go? Because really, she's, her and Jesus is the only two that I care anything about. I said, how did it go? She said, said, well, it was good, but you just... You sprayed. I said, well, I, part one, introduction, <laughs> I guess. But I did not get to get into the meat of it because I feel like there was a hunger in the room. I got to be honest. I just felt there was a hunger for what was being released that it's for some of you. Who would be honest and say it's the first time you've ever heard anyone talk on what I talked about last Wednesday night? Anybody? Get some hands. Yeah, Okay. How many of you wouldn't raise your hands even if I ask? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Sorry, it's Wednesday night. All right, I'm sorry. Um, but in the subject of deliverance, the Bible, and I'll just kind of recap really short. Uh, the Bible talks about salvation, and I gave you a very general meaning of salvation. And there's different words. There's so. Soterie, soterion, there is uh, sozo, there's different ones that speaks to specific things. Remember I talked about the Greek, it's, very, it's a colorful language. Hang with me, I'll get to where I'm going to go. It's a very colorful language, so love to us, we say, you know, I, I, I love that song, I love my spouse, or I love my kids. You understand, that's a different level of love. In the Greek, they actually have a word for each one of those. So that's why it's important, you need to become a student of the Bible. Well, you're, you teach us the word. No, no, no. We all need to become students of the Bible. Um, reading Scripture is what, and you pour yourself into to just day after day, year after year. God gives you a general discernment that you'll just naturally get from the Holy Spirit. That you'll just start to pick things up, and it's not it's not um, suspicion. That's not that's that's the evil stepsister to discernment. Discernment says. God, what do you, you need me to do? I need to pray for them. I need to go talk to them and have a conversation. It doesn't go to somebody else and tell somebody else what you feel like you, well, you know. So you get a discernment from Scripture as you read. And, and so as you, God begins to open your eyes to Scripture. The Bible says the, enfolding, the unfolding of your words give light. So the more you read, the more God lifts the veil and you can see things in the Scripture that you've never been able to see. Anybody ever been there? It's like, man, I've, ne- I've read that and I've never seen that until now. Well, that's because the more you become a student, you're a disciple. You become a disciplined learner. You learn to pray. You learn to go after God. And, and people say, well, you don't have a discipleship class. Well, we have certain things that are happening. But the main thing is, is get close to somebody that can pray. Get close to somebody that's already doing it. And watch what they do because as a disciple, you just walk alongside somebody. And it's not, it's not a discipleship class. It's just doing life with somebody. The disciples did life with Jesus. 
He said, take my yoke upon you, my teachings. Well, how many of you understand Jesus was teaching in the temple, but they were with him all the time. So, and Jesus makes a declaration in John that I said last week in John 8, 36, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. If he makes you free, you're free indeed. But what it, he, he wasn't talking to unbelievers. We always read that and say, well, see, you can just be free. You can get saved tonight. Hallelujah. Well, yeah. Anybody can get saved. We want you to be saved. But he's talking to Jewish believers. They already believed that he was the Messiah that was to come. So he wasn't having a conversation with unbelievers. Right? You ever pick that up in the, in the text? Con- context is very important when you're reading scripture. Uh, the who, what, where, and when. And who was he talking to, right? But when Jesus is talking in this context of scripture, he's, he's talking to, to, to Jewish believers. And, and so... Last week I talked about what salvation was. It's it's the wholeness of spirit, soul, and body to be saved. So you you how many of you understand that you are a triune being? That means you have three parts to yourself, right? Okay, you have a spirit. So when you repented of your sins and said, Jesus, I'm following you, at that moment the Holy Spirit came in. Your spirit was dead. It was dead in trespasses, is what the scripture says. And the Holy Spirit came in and it gave life to your, 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 your spirit. So your spirit came alive. So now you're forever saved. And now I'm not going into that whole aspect of eternal security or insecurity. Not doing that. I think it's very hard. Um, but when, to walk away from the Lord more than what people think it is. But, but once you get saved, your spirit is saved. All right? So I'm saved. Well, Paul says, you know, but we're being saved. What is he referring to? Well, you have a soul. You know what the soul is, Right? Mind, will, and emotions. That's where the war takes place. That's why Paul says, the things that I want to do, I find myself not doing. Because there's this war happening inside of me. So that's the soul. Okay? The soul is being saved. The spirit is saved. The soul is being saved. And then you have this earth suit. This physical body. Uh, There's two different meanings for flesh. One is actually speaking to the physical body. One is speaking to the soul. But... We're going to say the physical, what you can touch and feel, that is the, the physical body. That, is, that will be saved. In a twinkling of an eye, this body will, you know, I'll shed off uh, death and put on life, right? It'll be changed in a moment, a twinkling of an eye, when the Lord comes back to catch his saints away. You with me? So you see the three parts of who you are. So your spirit is saved, your soul is being saved, and your, your physical body will be saved. All right? You got it? All right. So, Jesus comes to a tomb, at the, and I'm not going to read it all. I may rehash a little bit, but Jesus comes to a tomb, and it, different translations call it different things. The, the, tomb, the tombs of the Gergesenes, one is called uh, the Gadarenes, one is, I forget, there's Gadara, the area of Gadara. And I talked a little bit about what that meant. If you missed that, go back and listen to the podcast because there's very powerful understanding. You need to know the, cult, the, the historical roots to the tribe of Gad. They settled on the wrong side of the river, and therefore, when Jesus cast the demon out of the guy, they wanted him to leave. Who in their right mind tells you, Jesus, you need to get out of here? I mean, they just found him clothes sitting in his right mind. It's like, okay, this freaks us out. You got to leave, right? So, but I want to take us a little bit deeper, and I want to talk about two different veins you know how I am. I like to hit and hit rabbit trails in the way. I try to stay focused. It's just not my nature. Um, Lord just convicted me about something. So I, I, oh, dear God, forgive me. I'm sorry. It is. I'll change. I will change. I will do it. Um, but we see 
in this setting of, of scripture, we say demon possession. Well, that's not, no, I'm, no, that's, that ain't me. Well, you need to know what the word demon possessed means because it carries two different meanings when you read it in the Greek and you understand what that means. So that's really what I want to go into tonight. He's a demonized man. And let me just say, for those of you that are concerned and wondering, demons are real. I, 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 am, I don't preach on demons because when you do, they start showing up all the time. They're attracted to, to, to all about me because, I mean, what is Satan about? He's about pride. So. But I want you to be aware that it is possible for a believer to be under the influence of a demon. And when I say we, we use it wrong, it is demonized and it's not possessed as owned, okay? But it is possible, because let me ask you a question. When I got saved, you don't understand, brother. I just, yeah, but you still got some stuff. Because up until last week, I had something that I just couldn't seem to break free from. And it was a struggle. I ain't telling you what it is. <laughs> but I had something that, that I struggled with. And it wasn't until the light came on and I understood I can really be free from this that I became free. And I didn't have to come wallowing an altar. It can happen. I didn't have to come do that. It was with me. God showed up. I let him be who he was in my living room on my couch. And I let him touch me right then. And when he did, it broke something that had a hold in my personal life. And I, I want to tell you that it can happen. And so when I tell you tonight, and I feel like there's some conviction on it, like I feel like there's just like, uh, some umph. You really can be free, and it, well, it's just, just the way it am. No, it's not. People say, well, that's just, I've got a weakness here. I get it, but no, you can be free. You really can. Why would Jesus say if the Son makes you free, then you really are free? And then it not happen. Because there's something that we have to first swallow. No, 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 not swallow the pride. Tell it to get out. Because pride is not so much of an attitude as it, as it is a devil that likes to whisper in your ear. And it can oppress you. And it can keep you from answering an altar call where you would find freedom. But Mark 5, I'm not going to read it, but let me give you some stuff. We have a man with an unclean spirit, which means, listen to what I'm going to tell you. Because he wasn't completely 100% fully possessed by a demon. He was under the influence of legion, which was over 6,000. Had access into his world. And let me tell you how a devil works. I'm telling you. The, remember the I'm going to give you scripture so you can go home and read it for yourself. Remember when the Bible says when a demon's cast out of a man, it goes through arid and dry places, longing to look for a, a host because it needs a body. Every demon needs a body. I'm not speaking fantasy tonight, by the way. <laughs> but then it returns to the man because the man never filled it with the word of God. He never filled it with uh, the, the spiritual things of God. So guess what it brought with him? What does it say? Anybody know your Bible? But not just seven more. More wicked. So the man in the tomb is demonized. The scripture specifically doesn't say that he's owned by, and I'll give you the word for a moment. It says that he is mastered by. One invited another one. Said, hey, come on to this party. You're going to like it. Hey, you come on. Hey, bring, bring rejection when you come. Hey, 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 bring, bring witchcraft when you come. Bring sorcery when you come. 
Yeah, you know that, that demon of rage and, and wrath that can break chains? Not in a good way. Bring them too. We're fixing to get up in this dude, and we're fixing to wreak havoc on this region. It's interesting that the demonized man was living not with those that were alive, but he was living... Yeah, because this is what happens when you get around someone that's mastered in areas of their life. They don't want to be around life. They don't want to be around those that can illuminate the struggle that's in their world. And that's why the Bible says that a wise man scales the walls of the mighty. I'm getting, I'm, I'm fixing to jump some places. Dear God, help me. Just go back and listen to the podcast. Proverbs says that the wise man scales the walls of the mighty and brings down their trusted stronghold. What's interesting, what, is it, what else does the Bible in the New Testament call the, uh, a, a demon? Calls him the strong man. If you're under the influence, they don't want you, they don't, they don't want you to give up. Well, justify it. It'll be all right. You can keep it. We want you to stay where you're at. It's part of who I am. But you flip the light on, and it freaks them out. Because they're all big and bad and dark, but when the light comes on, when the word of God comes forth, and it begins to deal with things that they're strugg- the person's struggling with, they don't want you to enter. They don't want you to, to, to deal with these things. Keep it in the dark. Keep it in the dark. Spirit of fence, keep it in the dark. Unforgiveness and bitterness, keep that in the dark. No, we, 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 oh, let's get through this message. I've heard this a thousand times. Yeah, but have you done anything with what you received? A man with an unclean spirit, meaning he had unresolved sin operating in his life. Not just that, but unrighteousness that had not been addressed. When there's out of, if I can say this, when there's out of controlness, you want to be able to identify any spiritual issues that's gone unresolved or else you could be trying to address a problem with an over-the-counter medicine that, that, that really deals nothing with that, but it's more of a spiritual causation. Do I need to say it again for you? And I mean, it's okay. I don't care to say it. I want you to get it. When you have this out of controlness in an area that you feel like you've got a specific area of bondage, you just can't control. And I'm just going to go overt for a moment. Maybe it's just you can't control your lips. And I understand it's, it's, it's hard, but it's a, it's a spirit of gossip. It's a spirit of slander. It's a spirit of, uh, uh, of criticism. And you're, you're always critical and cynical. But first it starts with you because you're really critical of yourself and because you see somebody else that's walking in a level of wholeness and freedom that you truly desire. Then it, all of a sudden that spirit of criticism said, hey, let me open the door and let jealousy come in. So here comes jealousy. Next thing you know, you're functioning in two different things because this is what we see a lot of times, not just in the church, but seriously in the world. So all of a sudden, criticism, rejection, abandonment, and the third one are all working inside. And they have gained mastery over an area of your life. You look in the mirror, you can't, you don't like who you see. Well, let's just reverse it. You don't love who you see. You struggle. So then you're tossed in a whirlwind. You become critical. You're with me? Anybody with me? I know it's going to go deep, and it's going to be big, but we're going to get freedom. The good news is you can be free. So when there's out of controlness, you want to be able to identify any spiritual issues. So like, okay, where did this get off the rails, God? Talk to me. And you don't do it yourself. You go to him. 
Where did I get off the rails? And I was like, back here. Let's go back. Repent. Right here. And But if you do it, you try to do it in the flesh, you'll try to find an over-the-counter option to, to self-medicate. Or maybe you go into the cooler at the convenience store and open the door and trying to find self-medication. Or maybe you try to find it in another adulterous relationship. Come on, I'm just going to preach about it. Where you're trying to ease the pain, and that's not helping. All you're doing is digging yourself deeper, and you're trying to handle it in the flesh, but nothing's turning in the flesh because it's a spiritual problem. you got to deal with it with God and not with man. Here's the deal. Demons are at home with the unresolved, unaddressed, unrighteousness that dwells in our lives. They're at home. I'm going to move faster. i got to, I got to do this. When there's unresolved or refusal to address unrighteousness, you have invited demonic attention to make a bad thing get worse. What did I tell you? You don't play with these things. That's why I'm bringing it to light. You don't play with it. When the light has been turned on, you have to make sure and deal with it right then and fill it with spiritual things. Because what happens whenever it goes and leaves, when you break free from that bondage, you can call it your weakness if you want to, but you've been mastered by something. When it breaks and it's gone and you don't fill it with spiritual things, surround yourself with godly people, attend in the services whenever. These are very important because look what you're getting tonight. The light's coming on. What about those that's struggling in bondage? They don't get it. But when you surround yourself in these, in these atmospheres where there's an anointing and a power to illuminate uh, and show the enemy what he, what you're, or show you what the enemy's trying to do in your life, then it can lose its power because now you have a knowledge of God. You have the word of God. You have the knowledge of God to break free from a chain. But if you don't, it invites seven more. That's just one portion of Scripture. Seven more. Come on in. When there is unresolved sin, there's amplified, the, the, there is this amplified uncontrolledness where it all starts to spiral and go out of, I mean, it's just out of whack. That thing that you say, oh, I just struggle, this is my area of struggle. You know, because we all have them. But it's become more of where it entices you, leads you down to a dark road, and you find yourself doing something you do not want to do, but you're doing it anyway. That's uncontrolledness, <laughs> if that's a word. And what it does is it starts in you individually, and then it increases, goes to your family, and then it increases, and eventually it begins to infiltrate the culture which that you, wherever you're at, it's with you all the time. It can infect the job, and that's why as a pastor with a staff, I have to, be, I have to make sure that if I see anything, and I tell them with my staff, I'll bring them, I'll call them to the carpet, and we'll sit down and we'll talk. I'm seeing this. This has got to change. Am I right, AJ? I'm not picking on him. He just knows. Because you can't let these things get out of control. I'm the same way there. I mean, I have to be completely 100% transparent with Pastor Eddie. Anything that I'm struggling with, here's what it is. Because he has to be able to rebuke it, correct it, instruct me, direct me, exhort me, edify me, build me up, whatever it needs, counsel me. I have to be 100% transparent, and I have to have that accountability. Pride keeps you from the light. It really does. Look at the culture. Look what we're seeing right now. There's no value for human life. And that's not just from the womb. That's all the way. I mean, there's not. 
1 Corinthians 10, 24, this is what's interesting. People say, well, I'm a Christian. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't deal with demons. Crazy. I'll cast them out. Paul tells the Christians in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 24, listen to this. They're eating at the table at the demon's table. You can read it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 24. Eating at the demon's tables so even Christians can fellowship with demons. But it doesn't look like we've got a, a pentagram and an idol of a Baphomet in our living room. No, it, it slides in in some subtle way of different types of bondages and chains. So that's how he functions. So they really do enter people. They're looking for a home and they're looking to hide. And they're looking to weave themselves so much within your who you are within the soul and within your physical desires, right? Because remember, the spirit is saved. We're not talking about someone that is 100% completely owned by a demon. That, that's, I got to get to that. Let me, just, let me just give that to you. Can I give that to you? Two Greek words of possession, all right? So hear what I'm saying because you, you have to, this is not, you can't just read this. You got to dig for this. All right, this is laced within the understanding of what the Greek meanings of these are. I'm not telling you, you got to go take those classes, but as a disciple of Jesus, you need to know the meanings of things that are said. All right, so there's two Greek words in the New You know, the New Testament was written in Greek, right? Okay, if you didn't, now you know. But demon possessed means daemonai, zomai. Possessed is zomai, and it's used very infrequent, not a lot. Okay. It's not a lot. That there's, I think there's two places that, that actually mean complete 100% ownership of, okay? Um, one means ownership, and the other one that I'm referring to in this story means that the man had had demonic strongholds that had gained mastery over or control or they had power over him, but they did not own him, Okay? So as a believer, my question to you, uh, actually, let me give you a definition. Luke 21, everyone, we hear this from time to time. We talk about patience. By your patience, possess your souls. That, now, that doesn't mean, well, I, I own my soul. No, no, if you're a believer, you've been bought with a price, right? That's what the scripture says. I'm giving you Bible. So therefore, if you've been bought with a price, you're not your own. You belong to him. So what is he saying? He's saying gain mastery over your soul. You need to be able to control. He's Lord over me, but if I don't allow these attitudes and I don't allow these things to, to, uh, to, to, to hold me in bondage and keep me in chains, uh, he becomes Lord over my life, then, then that means that no devil, even though I'm saved, he can't gain mastery over areas. Some, some of us have struggles in the area of our sexual character. We're bound maybe by its pornography or maybe it's, you know, you ain't got your kids in here, do you? You got your kids in there. I'm sorry. I'm about to say some stuff. Maybe, maybe you're bound by masturbation. Maybe you're bound. Yeah, I said it on a, on a Wednesday night. But maybe you're bound by, um, maybe it's homosexuality. Maybe it's heterosexuality where you're sleeping around. Uh, or maybe, again, you have homosexual tendencies. And, and, and though heterosexuality, homosexuality, they're sin. Don't put one above the other. They're sin. All right? We understand that. There's tendencies within your sexual nature that it's like, man, I don't know. I just feel I have a, just an urge. Well, yeah, because what, is the, what does a demon do is he entices. 
He entices you, and you understand what's happening. There's, I talked about last week, a familiar spirit. What is that? It's a family spirit that tracks generations, and it tracks you. whatever you open the door to, it's going to come in. Right? It's familiar, but it's also a family thing. So it doesn't look to stop. I'm not picking on you, Justin, but it don't look like just to get with Justin. It looks to get with Caden. It looks to get with Caden's children and the grandchildren because they don't want to leave the region. Do you all remember that? When he cast the demons out, what happens? They said, Lord, bid us not to leave this region because we want to stay in the territory. We're, we're doing a work here. Leave us here. And he, for whatever reason, Jesus lets them go into the pigs. And I got my own teaching on that. And I'll teach it at some other point. Because they're territorial. Why is it in certain areas and regions and cities certain demons are more prevalent? More sin is more prevalent. It's, it's more pronounced and it's like, oh man, you see homosexuality there. You see uh, people, they gamble. People go and they gamble all their money away. I ain't even got to say the city. You know where that's at. Certain areas and they're called sin city. Why would you call it that? Even those that are not, that are not believers call it that. So Thayer's definition of Zomai means to be under the power of a demon. It is not owned by one, but it's under the influence of. Anybody, let me just ask a question because I have. Anybody ever been under the influence of some type of substance? <laughs> I struggle with alcohol. It alters you, doesn't it? You do stuff you would never do. I just had more. I got, I've got liquid courage. I mean, you do. It's not smart at all, <laughs> obviously. Not good courage, but, but, you, but you're under the influence of. Now, it doesn't own you, but it's in you. All right, I'll move on. So can a Christian be owned or, well, I say possessed, but owned by a demon? The answer is no. As a Christian, you were saved. He can't, he can't possess my spirit and take it back. Right? Okay, so we answer that right now. Now let me dig a little bit deeper. Can you take a little bit more? But can a Christian be under the influence of or under the control of a demon? Yes, they can. You can be influenced or under the influence of a demon. Let me give you an example here. If tonight you left your house unlocked when you left and came to church, right? You leave here, you get home, and you see that the door's been cracked. Oh, no. Honey, did you leave the door unlocked? Yeah, I guess I forgot to whatever. You walk over, and you... You see a flashlight rustling around in the house. You're going to kick the door, draw it out. No, I'm just kidding. You know, you're, you're going to kick the door, and you're fixing to search the house, and you're probably going to pop a cap in somebody. Some of you are. I know you will. Y'all going to start shooting before you get in the house. <laughs> I know you in there. Pop, pop, pop. You better come out in the name of Jesus. I brought my peace with me. <laughs> no. But you, you're going to go in. And you're, you, but you, you first have to bind the strong man. Are you going to let him stay? You going to let him stay? But some of you, the devil has entered in some way through unforgiveness. Oh, I'm saved, pastor. Yeah, I got you. I know you're saved. You're going to heaven. 
But there's an area where the devil has gained mastery over you. He, he doesn't own the house, but he's got in somehow. And you got to bind him somehow, and you got to get him out. Why would you want that thing? Why would you hide a thief in your house? Why would you allow him to integrate with your children and your household, and you just go on and do life with him in the house? Come on, I'm preaching tonight. I hope you're processing and thinking about it because I'm telling you, you somebody, I'm speaking to some. You will get free. You will get. You're going to be free. You're going to get free. You don't have to be bound to that thing. That's every every two to three days, every two to three weeks, or every two to three months. That thing comes back. I'm telling you. Now that the light's being shed on it, in the name of Jesus, it has to turn loose and it has to leave. Someone and I just said it. If someone takes drugs, we understand. You, they're not that. That thing doesn't stay in their system forever. We understand that. But it's in there for a stint of time. You're under the influence. It makes you do things that you typically wouldn't do, and that's why. Some of us are so enticed. What does the Bible say about sin? It says sin, when it comes, it, it's, it starts, you're enticed when you're, you're drawn away by that lust of the flesh and you're enticed. And the Bible says that whenever sin is full, full grown, it brings forth death. So you're feeding something. You're actually putting out a bowl of food every time that you partake of that thing. And you're feeding that thing that's in your house by being enticed by it. Jesus said in John chapter 10 and verse 1, it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who does not enter, listen, it's important, enter by the door. Well, who is he talking about? Enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs in some other way. He is a thief and a robber. And what does the Bible say in John 10, 10? The thief comes. Now, let me, let's, let's get biblical with this. The thief comes only. Sometimes when we quote, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. No, no, no. The thief comes only. That's what he's coming to do. So when he's in the house, we don't play with it. He's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to steal life from you. He comes to kill you and your future generations, and he looks to destroy the future generations. That's what he's coming for. He's in the house, and he's got to go. He's got to go. So that's the only reason. I, I highlight that specifically so we understand. Because Jesus said, I came to give life and that more abundant, right? What was, what was some of the assignments? Jesus said, I come to, uh, to seek and to save the lost. And he also came, come and he said, I've come to destroy the works of the devil. So he came to seek and save the lost. He wants to save you. That means not just save you, go into heaven. Yes, absolutely. But he wants you spiritually, uh, physically, and uh, um, um, soul, within the soul, he wants you whole. All right? That's the fullness of salvation. Stop at the place of just, well, I don't go to hell anymore. Well, praise God for that, really. But you're struggling to get to heaven. Not like you're not going to make it, but you're struggling because you're bound by everything. Right? So I said it a while ago, can a, can a Christian be uh, demon-possessed, it's not owned by it, but you can be under the mastery of Get that. That's very important for you. You have to know that. The first step to finding freedom is to discovering, oh, wait a second. I see it now, Pastor. I can see what you're talking about. I'm telling y'all, this blows my mind how God really worked in my life over the past couple of weeks. So anyway, all right, I'll keep moving. But for you, just so you know, is there an area of your life that you cannot seem to get fully free from. 
let me just tell you how the thief, because, I mean, he enters. As he enters the door, he comes in. Lamentations 1, this is, you understand, Old Testament is a type and a shadow is what, what the Bible says of things that were to come. All right? So let's look at a type and a shadow of what the thief comes to do. So Lamentations 1.10 says, The adversary has spread his hand over all her place. Her is referring to Israel, okay? Um, the adversary has spread his hand over all her pleasant things, for she has seen nations. Nations, in this sense, is a type and a shadow that represents the devil or the enemy. All right? Look at this next part. Enter her sanctuary. Those whom you commanded not to enter your assembly. So the adversary comes to enter the door. He's looking to enter through. Now, I'm just telling you, they really can get, they can come. They can get through a thought, through what you see, what you hear. That's why it's important to not engage with slander. Because slander will bring with him some other stuff. That's why gossip, come on, nah, I'm just going to preach it. We, we want the overt sins. Now I talk about those that's fornicating out there, pastor. No, 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 let's just talk about gossip. Let's talk about the slander. Those that sow words of division and discord. You understand that you're detestable to God? That's what Proverbs says. It's important. Careful what you say. Watch what you're sowing. Lamentations 4.12. The kings of the earth and all the inhabitants of the world. If you got Lamentations, it's, it's a very sad book. you got to find deliverance after you read the book of Lamentations. Because it's written by a weeping prophet, Jeremiah the prophet. Uh, but it, it's, it's writing because he saw the fall of, of, the, of the, 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 the region of Israel. The kings of the earth and all the inhabitants of the world would not have believed that the adversary and the enemy could enter the gates of Jerusalem. Speaking to the believer, we're a, we are a future. We were grafted into the vine. So guess what? We, we represent that, right? The kings of the earth would have never believed that he could have entered in. So he can enter in. Stop thinking that he can't because he can I feel to call this out right now, and I'm going to deal with it because uh, I really feel it. There is a spirit of deception that's working within the culture. Um, what is the fruit? You've got to look at the fruit of people's lives. Well, I mean, what they're saying is truth. I mean, you've not seen Yeah, but what's the fruit? Is it sowing seeds of discord, dissension? Is it slander and gossip? What's the fruit? When's the last time they saw something shift and change? Someone break free from chains? Look at the fruit. Let me talk to you. If you cannot come before the throne of God in prayer personally and say, God, is there an area in my life that I'm being deceived? If you can't do that, you already are. And right now, I just want to say in the room, in the name of Jesus, the spirit of deception that's over the soul that's trying to function and work its way and weave his way into the mind because we say, well, I, was, I just heard, I was thinking the other day, and this thought hit me. Yeah, but what kind of thought was it? What kind of fruit does that thought produce? You've got to learn to cast down imaginations. That's what the Bible says. Take every thought captive, good ones. You take those captive, and you cast down imaginations that lead to demonic onslaught. All right, I'll move. Just felt to call that out. You need to be able to pray and ask the Lord. AJ, come, if you would. Thank you, sir. Here's another one for you. Joel 2.9. If you're just taking notes, take these home and read these. Old Testament types. Joel 2.9. This is speaking of the locusts. Well, Satan's the Lord of the flies. <laughs> the father of lies and the Lord of the flies. So 
the, the canker worm, the palmer worm, the locusts, uh, all of those, they represented, they were sent to eat up and, and to destroy, all right? So they're not representing heaven, okay? So we're talking about locusts here. They run to and fro in the city. Listen to this. They run on the wall. They climb into the houses. They enter at the windows like a thief. What does that sound like? So they enter. Understand something, though. Let's flip the script on this thing. Jesus has all authority. There's where your freedom lies. It's not at the hands of an anointed woman, an anointed man of God. It lies in your trust and your believing that, God, what you said is true, even though I don't feel it right now. It's truth. And listen, I'm not trying to understand the enemy would like for me to take you would you you to take the word that's coming and condemn yourself. Con, let me let me help you out something else in deliverance. If you feel condemnation, oh, I can't go back to that church. I felt so convicted, or I felt like I was being judged. No, nobody's judging you. Listen, if if y'all hadn't judged me yet, you might have. I don't know. I don't want to know. I've been delivered from you, and I've been delivered from my, I'm being delivered from myself. I'm getting there. But you, the devil would love nothing more than for you to think, no, you'll never get free. And uh, Why would you need to respond to an altar call? Who else is going to come? You're going to be up there by yourself. Does he not talk like that? Because I've been there. Don't raise your hand. Don't step out of the aisle. Don't walk over and have that conversation. Don't do that. Any, and people say, well, I've just had that thought. Anything that has a voice is a person. Anything. Well, I heard a voice. You... I feel like I'm crazy. Well, that's, what's the fruit of the voice? Well, it's telling me that I, I need to leave and never come back. What's the fruit of that? It goes against all scripture. A man who isolates himself seeks his own destruction. That's Proverbs for you. Luke 10, 17. Listen to this. Now the 72 to the cessationists that believe that it only happened with the 12 and don't believe that signs, wonders, and miracles are for today. Let me just talk to you for a second. Now the 72, not the 12, the 72 returned because they had been given delegated authority from Jesus to function in signs, wonders, and miracles, to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, and cleanse the lepers. And they said, Jesus, Lord, Adonai, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And it's almost like Jesus was like, I, I was, I've been trying to tell you this. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to get into you. Oh, you faithless and perverse generation. How long shall I have to be with you? know, it's like, that's, that's what I hear Jesus saying. But they went on to say, and he said to them, I watched Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Now, I believe that it carries a twofold meaning. I think I told that. I'm not going to, I'm not Dive, dive into that. Behold, I have given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and over all the authority and power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. Now, do you think he's really talking about physical snakes? You think he's really talking about physical scorpions? If we had time to dive that, we probably will in the coming weeks. He's not talking about some physical snake. He's talking about your enemy. A demonic, strong force that marches in rank and file. And the kingdom of darkness is not divided. Mind you, I'm telling you, they're not. 
Look at what's happening across our culture right now. Cancel culture. Abortion all-time high. There's all sorts and types of things that are happening right now in our culture that we would have never imagined or fathomed would be happening in our day. Where are the intercessors? Side note. Intercessors, you got to pray like it's your last day on the earth. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that the names, that your names are recorded in heaven. We don't have a problem knowing God has the power, but what the enemy wants us to do is to focus. Uh, he wants us to focus more on the fact that you can't find freedom. He don't, he didn't, it's, yeah, we know God, you got all the power, but. If he can distract you, remember what I said last week? If he can distract you and he can keep you focused, maybe working more, I'll just work more. Because the heat gets turned up. <laughs> it does. When the Lord is wanting to deliver you, the enemy knows his time is numbered, his, his days are numbered. Now, I'm not talking about at the end of days. I'm talking about with you specifically. He understands when the truth of the word goes forth, he can see it because he understands light. I promise you, he knows light. So he'll fight to keep us in the dark. I had someone ask me a couple of weeks ago, or Sunday. They said, Pastor, and I love it. Tell me, you said that the man at the tombs, the demon-possessed man, was not owned by a demon. Talk to me about that for just a second. I said, well, let me, let me say this. Anyone that I've ever encountered that has been possessed and owned or owned by a devil always runs the opposite way they're not going to get in the light they don't want it they don't want to deal with it but those that have had areas because we do this very well in the western culture we really do we come to church go through the motions I've been there we go, through, we go to church go through the motions we, we experience powerful services and for a time and a season we experience some freedom in areas but we never truly find freedom and so we hide it. But the person in Scripture that we're referring to, the Bible says that, look at this, in verse 6, chapter 5, verse 6, when he saw Jesus, do we know that he knew him? When he saw Jesus, he ran and fell at his feet. If someone's owned they ain't coming. But the fact that he was under the influence of over 6,000, nothing stopped him from getting to the feet of Jesus because he knew right here is where I find freedom. This is where I find freedom. So he worshiped. So let me talk to us tonight. Stand to your feet. Actually, let, let us sing together is what I want to do. But the Bible says that they worship together. I mean, they, they, he worshiped at the feet of Jesus. So, can we do this? Can we drop the lights? I typically don't ever do this, but tonight I'm going to do this. Um, I want to worship. And as I'm worshiping, I'm going to give some people some opportunities. Because I want to see you find freedom. It's a, it's a really simplistic song that we've sung many times, but it's just really singing to who he is. So my 
again majesty we sing majesty come on he's your king tonight Thank you, Jesus. Hey, right now, with your eyes closed, just to honor and just focus in on the Lord. Is there anybody right now in this moment? You got some areas. You got some things. Listen, it's okay. It's not okay that it's there. We want to deal with it, but it's okay for you to acknowledge that it's there and that it needs to go. Come on, if that's you, raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. Got some stuff that you need to see broken. Come on, I want you to step out and come down to the front for just a little bit. Just for a few moments. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you that you're about to break some things as you step out and you come. Feel the presence of the Lord. Yeah, come on, just spread out through the front. Somebody could come get this uh, podium and move it for me, please. In the name of Jesus, God, we thank you. God, I thank you that you're going to begin to break some things off tonight. The name of Jesus. Now come on, extend your hands out in front of you. And we're going to go through the same thing that we did last week. It's just starting at the place of where God has turned the light on. And now you see it. And you just begin to, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me. And ask, ask the Lord, God, where did I open this door? Where did I open this door and allow this thing to come in and afflict? Where did I open this door? I want to see it broken right now. God, I repent for opening that door. I repent for opening that door and allowing that thing to come in in areas of my life of where it began to wreak havoc on my mind, my will, my emotions. And now it's to the point where it's affected me physically. Jesus, I repent. Come on. Hey, you got brothers and sisters in the altars right now. Listen, just stretch your hands this way. Stretch your hands this way. I believe that God can. Listen, maybe some have come to the altars and it's unforgiveness. Listen. I don't know if you've ever had to live with yourself in unforgiveness. I don't want to. I did it for a short amount of time, and I will not do it again. But the only way that you know is when God highlights it to you. And you know that you've truly forgiven them if you can say, God, I just pray that you would bless them. 
I'm telling you, that's how you truly know you found forgiveness if you can pray for the blessing of the Lord upon them. I'm not talking about God buy them a Bentley. I'm just saying, Jesus, bless them. I, I bless them. Or maybe it's an area of your life where I'm telling you, it's it's a it's a chain. And it's, got, it's, not a, it's not freedom if it's you do it every three weeks. You do it every two weeks. If you do it every six months. It's not full freedom. You want to be free of it right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, as they're repenting before you, as they're opening their lives to you, listen, become a good repenter. It's not just when you respond at an altar. It's an everyday thing. You repent to see the kingdom come. You don't repent to go to heaven. You repent to see the kingdom of God come. And you want him to come in fullness in your life. Over your mind, your will, and your emotions. Listen, if you need to go, you're free to go. Listen, parents, I know you got school, but I'm going to work right now on these altars with some of these people. I'm going to keep instructing you. We're going to walk this thing together. As your pastor, I'm going to see you break free from it tonight in the altars in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you right now that you're beginning to work over minds, wills, and emotions. Every time they walk in and see that person that wounded them, or every time they walk in and to see that person that they wounded, God, that you're beginning to work in their lives right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, this, I'm telling you, with your hands stretched before the Lord, well, come on, talk to him. Say, Holy Spirit, I welcome you to come in. Come into my soul. Come in, go into every room, those that I have kept the light off and been partnering with, with, a, with something that is not you. I'm asking you to go into that room right now. Put your hand on that right now. We command it to leave in Jesus' name. Together we bind the strong man that has gained access into the house and has no authority in the house. We break covenant. Come on, some of you need to do that. You just say it. Say, I break covenant with whatever this is that you've been dealing with. Break covenant with it. You know what a covenant is? That's commitment. Jesus committed himself to you in blood. (laughs) And he can break it right now. I break covenant. I break covenant with this specific thing, with gossip. I break covenant with the spirit of adultery. I break covenant in the name of Jesus with with strong, lustful desires of my flesh. Some of you tonight, I want to tell you something. I feel this strong in my spirit, so I'm going to give a word of knowledge. So keep praying in these altars. I'm telling you guys, let the Lord work. He's, I'm tell, he's washing. If I could tell you what I'm seeing by my mind's eye and the spirit is I'm seeing the Lord just pour out washing. It's just like a water. It's just cleansing because the word of God washes your mind. That's what it does. It washes. So he's just washing clean. You'll walk away from these altars feeling so clean. Some of you have been saying, and you need to stop, and I'm telling you, I feel like you need to repent of this. Some of you have been saying, I'm married to my work. And I don't know why I felt that strong, but you need, to, you need to break covenant with that. God did not call you to join yourself with your job. If you have a family, they're suffering. If you have a spouse, you become a roommate. I'm right. I know I am. I feel it in my spirit. And you need to say, God, I'm sorry for saying that I'm married to my work. I repent of it. I will no longer allow mammon to be my idol. Because we're going to get into idols. I will not allow mammon, the love of money. Money's not evil. It's the love of it. I will not allow that to become my idol. You don't need more things. 
know this is a churchy thing to say, but all you need is Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray you are able to take something from this sermon and apply it to your life. Also, feel free to share this with your friends and family. And if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at loveandtruthchurchsavannah at gmail.com. We hope you have a great week. Thank you.